0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Through My Smudge Glasses podcast where we talk about science and how it relates to social issues and positivity. The whole inspiration from this podcast comes from trying to take advanced science concepts that are being developed quickly in our world today and relating them to problems that minorities and other people commonly face. It's taking science that can often seem out of reach from a personal standpoint and finding its applications to its place in society today. That's what I would say if I was trying to shark tank this podcast idea. It's a good thing that I was able to start this podcast without needing investors though because I would not want to stand in front of the sharks and have to pitch anything. I feel like in that exact moment, my self-confidence would definitely plummet because in regular life, I would have more confidence if I'm pitching something But if I was in a shark tank setting where it's almost like pitching to investors in a reality show setting where the drama or messing up or like the slightest thing that you do could be like scripted differently or edited differently in the actual final product and it's not under your control and I think thinking about how the way I'm being portrayed on TV not being up to me is what scares me the most which means that maybe I'm not cut out for reality TV though. But that makes sense because in one of my friend groups I was definitely voted least likely to be on a reality TV show because that no control makes me nervous. Enough about weird phobias and tangents that probably are rooted in pivotal childhood moments. I'm here this episode to talk about something that that I've wanted to do since this podcast actually started. It was one of my first ideas and something that I've mentioned in the last episode really drove me to finally do it today. So last episode I talked about the movie Hidden Figures which is honestly one of the best movies I have ever seen. The movie is about three real life people named Mary Jackson, Katherine Johnson and Dorothy Vaughan. I'm not sure if I pronounced Vaughan right, but um these three women were black computer com- c- black computers that worked at NASA and in the movie it tells their story as they worked during a time where white men mainly took credit for the work that they were doing and they were not ethically treated right in the workplace at NASA in a STEM setting. Um, Honestly, the film is really good, hence why it's named Hidden Figures, because they're hidden people that were really important to the success of NASA, but of course, white men stole the credit that was owed to them at that time. And honestly, this film is really good. You have to watch it if you haven't watched it yet. If you can't take my word for it, then the fact that my dad didn't fall asleep even once when we went to the movie theater to see this film should tell you that it actually is very interesting and very good. So obviously, these three women weren't the only black people in STEM fields whose discoveries and contributions to science are not widely credited to them or they are not widely recognized or taught in science curriculums. even though their contributions were very important. So I wanted to create a podcast episode more about that and share their stories and contributions to um, three black people in in the stem field because i think it's something that's very important diversity in the stem field and before we get into the actual episode i wanted to quickly say that if you like this podcast episode or this podcast in general and you want to support it i would love it if you could follow us on any podcast streaming platform and also if you could rate us five stars on any platform listen to other episodes recommend them to a friend and check out our instagram at through through my smudge glasses spelled like the title all in lowercase and while you're doing all that let's dive into this episode Started talking about the specific three hidden figures that I wanted to mention that um, had their invention in the past. I wanted to first address the problems that still exist in the way STEM careers and STEM opportunities are accessible to black people and black communities. There is a severe underrepresentation of black people in high level STEM jobs, which is a problem as our society is not allowing these STEM high position jobs to be accessible to black people often due to people underestimating their ability to work due to implicit bias or their expertise in the field not being taken seriously um they are often not considered serious candidates for hiring positions in STEM and they're not considered to have the amount the same level of ability that they actually do have they are considered to have less ability due to the way society views them and due to how hiring managers or people who have that power to promote diversity and promote more um, more ethnicities in the workplace, how they view them. It's an implicit bias thing where it's almost like only certain races in our society's minds can be successful in STEM fields, which is not the actual case. And this is a problem where we must really listen to how black people feel discrimination in their STEM workplace to figure out what to solve because actually, black people are four times as likely to say that their workplace does not pay enough attention to diversity problems and disparities than their white counterparts. Often, because they are more perceptive to the differences that they are experiencing, which is why their concerns need to be addressed in these environments. And I know that I know about how black people, due to implicit bias, are kept disproportionately from achieving, but what actually surprised me when I was reading more about this is that not everybody holds a great importance to cultivating workplace diversity when asked about where they rank it on their scale of things that are important in the workplace. It's generally Black people as well who generally hold a greater importance to increasing their workplace's diversity. And I just wanted to say that it's truly important to cultivate workplace diversity, especially in STEM because as we learned more about in our last episode about gender bias and artificial intelligence, it does sometimes actually impact the quality of achievements that happen within the team, and diversity in the team working on it almost always correlates to the work that they are doing, and it correlates to the work that the team is being able to do, Taking and it correlates by making it more accountable for the diversity in their achievements, such as making the achievement more accessible or more applicable to a wider minority range and usually diversity in the team that's working on it is reflected in the fact that their accomplishments are also often for a diverse population An example is the datasets that are used for implicit knowledge in AI technology. If the data isn't diverse, AI is not able to make the decisions and work better for the minorities it didn't account for. And people of minorities are the people who are generally revising AI to make it more applicable to those minorities that they are missing out on. So diversity in the workplace is also integral to making steps towards creating an equal involvement and opportunities to black people in STEM fields. It's a part of the movement that is that is important to pay attention to since they are evolved in technology of the future, which will become a very big part in how we are living in the future. <laughs> Already, because of limited access and other responsibilities often taking up their time because of a lot of other factors, black students are generally discouraged from pursuing STEM because they have other necessities that take up their time, such as an example being needing to work for family support. Additionally, the cost of education in high STEM fields is something that makes it inaccessible for a lot of people. Also, generally, black communities are not targeted by people involved in STEM to engage the interest of young students because of, again, that implicit bias that only certain races are equipped to pursue STEM. And if a black student in one of these communities is able to attend higher education to pursue STEM, microaggressions in the classroom, education, and university settings can discourage them even before they are able to get into their STEM workplace. And this can be extremely discouraging for black students to experience, as classrooms should actually be encouraging places for all people and safe places of learning where interest and growth can be cultivated. Racial microaggressions have no place in a classroom. And um, these racial microaggressions are something that black students repeatedly experience and microaggressions are destroying the ideal of an equal learning space and experience and often discourages black students from participating in STEM. Several have accredited microaggressions to the reason why they have often opted to move out of STEM into a non-STEM field where they feel more welcomed or invited or appreciated. Um, Though all races experience microaggressions, black students, black women in particular, experience more microaggressions in these community classrooms in these classroom settings in general than other minorities. For those who don't know what can be considered a microaggression or exactly what it is, it's said to be something that is said or done to someone because of their race that would have probably been different in the way that it was said or what was done if they were a different race, but in not an explicitly racist way. Microaggressions are like things someone tells you that makes you wonder, if it was because of your race that they said that, or that they put you down like that. Whereas something that is not a microaggression, you would definitely know that their comment was rooted in racism. In fact, a way microaggressions can be considered subtle in a way as sometimes maybe only the person experiencing it will be able to notice how it made them feel different. Microaggressions are a very important problem though, as if society can only assume that certain races are able to have STEM careers, this closes the STEM pipeline. To people who are interested and worthy of a career in STEM. And the microaggressions experienced in schooling may cause people to want to drop out of a STEM path, and unfortunately, it is unavoidable since STEM careers warrant a secondary schooling. Comments that make students feel unwelcome in their classroom make them feel as though their contributions to the class are worthless or advise them to or people who advise them to try something other than STEM because their race can put students because of their race can put students into choosing other areas of career unfortunately adding to the problem th- that is lack of diversity in STEM fields because we are blocking this important pathway of the STEM pipeline to get to a STEM career by discouraging people to actually achieve that noticing this is great and all that there are racial microaggressions that people experience and but the problem is we can only address a problem once we figure out what the problem is, but with the issues of diversity and access to STEM education, we know now that some of the things some of the things that we have listed before caused the problem and we must start engaging in the solution process. And this includes a reassessment of our own implicit biases with race and constantly evaluating our actions and our words to see how our implicit bias may have affected them and trying to correct them. And how that causes us to make our decisions will be extremely important. No person is perfect. We all come with our own implicit biases. And diversity also can help us try to correct those implicit biases. We can help where if we are able to increase the diversity of the minds in, our, in the experiences in STEM by put, bringing more people in with different experiences, we can help each other reach a point hopefully in the future where we are all able to experience STEM and all make it through the STEM pi- pipeline without extra hurdles being added. So now that I've talked a little bit about current issues with Black minorities in STEM and how they are how they should be addressed and things like that. Let's go into specific black people involved in STEM in the past that we may not have heard a lot about but were still very important. No kind of as automatic Marco Polo knowledge that Thomas Edison invented the light bulb and Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. It's one of those facts that are kind of like who invented the light bulb and everyone automatically can say Thomas Edison. Um, Though this can be considered true, obviously their initial inventions were not perfect and needed some correction and refinement and help from others. These refinements were very important to develop the light bulb and telephone to become as functional and practical as they are today. And a key person in this devel- development was a black man named Louis Latimer. After his time working in the Navy, he specialized in mechanical drawings. He worked with both Alexander Graham Bell and Thomas Edison and drafted some of the drawings of the telephone that Alexander Graham Bell actually used to patent the telephone. In addition to that, his major accomplishment was that when he worked with the inventor Hiram Maxim at the U.S. Electric Lighting Company, he patented the carbon filament, which he used to make the incandescent light bulb, which was light, the person who made light bulb, more affordable and practical for the needs of an average household it was good for the development and integration of the light bulb since without his patenting of the carbon filament the light bulb would not have been able to become as widespread and we would have had a lot of things halt if we could not get as light as we if we could not get light available to us as soon as we did Another amazing figure that has great importance is Marie Van Britten Brown. She was a black nurse that recognized that her house had security threats that she wanted to protect her family against while her husband or her weren't at home or things like that. So apart from her full-time job, she was able to develop a home security system for her home where she could see who was at the front door or the people inside the house could see who was at the front door and be able to easily communicate with them and be able to quickly and easily contact relevant authorities like the police when necessary. The invention that she created for her home included peepholes to see who was at the door, a camera to see who was at the people, things like that, and monitors to conduct surveillance on the camera, a two-way microphone to communicate with the people outside of the door and for them to be able to to communicate back, a remote-controlled door locking and unlocking system, and a button that they could press from the inside of the house to contact the police. Kind of like that superhero button that was in Incredibles 2 where it's like you can press it and automatically the superheroes get like a call. Kind of off topic, but it was um, very complex for its time as well as considering it was the first home security system in America. The peepholes were at different heights, the camera could slide to these heights, and so you could, it was very uh, practical, and you could see everything going on in a monitor that could be transported anywhere in the house. This invention was patented by her under the Home Security System Utilizing Television Surveillance Title. This patent... And invention was the basis of home security that still remains very popular in America and keeps all, a lot of us safe, even now today. As usually, uh, home security systems have cameras, there are peoples in apartments and doorbells that let us communicate with the people outside. 911 is a very accessible way to call the police. And um, Marie Van Britton-Brown was the basis for all of this with her development in the home security front and leading to its widespread use now and also the fact that we are so safe and can be so safe in our homes now is due to her since she was able to create this. (music) The third and last inventor that I'm talking about for this podcast is Otis Boykin but if you guys enjoy this episode like talking about these um not as well-known inventors be sure to reach out through like instagram dms to let me know because i love learning more about these hidden figures because i love the movie so much and i guess you could say whose names we don't hear about is also a way of saying like hidden figures but um Otis Boykin made a very big difference in several very important electronic appliances or electronic devices, you could say. Boykin refined a resistor and patented it as a wire precision resistor. This resistor lets specific amounts of energy go through it and into other places to be used in those places. In And by places, I mean, like, in one device. It's going from one place to another. The resistor only lets, like, a certain amount go this way and, like, things like that. Um... Also, these resistors were refined so that they could function fine under different air pressures and temperatures, and this was revolutionary because it allowed for the electronics that were being used by, and by this new resistor to be produced more efficiently and cheaply, making them more accessible to the general population. It made the electronic devices more reliable as well because it was able to work under those different conditions of pressure and temperature. These regulators were used in IBM computers, which is an ancestor of the computer that we have now, um, TVs, and even military missiles. Apparently, Boykin's specialty was regulating developments because another very influential thing he invented was a regulator on the pacemaker based on a control unit. A pacemaker helps your heart beat normally by kind of like helping it beat normally. (laughs) Um, And this control unit lets you regulate the rate at which your heart beats more precisely. This specific cause was especially important for Boykin since he had lost his own mother to heart failure and he got to help other people and hopefully have better experiences with the same problem. So, moving on from our important black people involved in STEM inventions, we are going to get into one of the best segments on the podcast to date, Q From You, where we take a question from our audience or our beloved listeners and answer it here on the podcast. If you want your question to be featured on the podcast in a future Q From You, then listen till the end of this segment. This week, our question comes from Lakshmi, so thank you for listening Lakshmi. They asked, can you tell us about the Elvis worm? It's a new species that was found in 2020. So, of course, let's answer that question on the podcast right now. A new kind of scaled worm was found by oceanographers in 2020, and they named it the Elvis worm for a reason. This scaled worm has very shimmery, iridescent, meaning it gives off like rainbowish colors scales, giving it very iconic Elvis Presley jumpsuit vibes definitely search up elvis worms while you are listening because they are very interesting to look at and look like they came out of a four-year-old's imagination pretty cool they were found on whale carcasses and along hydrothermal vents these scaled worms actually had a lot in had an interesting discovery go along with it that explained an interesting behavior that was recently discovered about them. They were observed to be biting and fighting each other while they were being observed in the study, almost kind of like beta fish behavior I would think, where they fight each other if you left them alone and this explains why scientists sometimes previously had observed scrapes and damage on these very beautiful scales that these worm had and they were very interested to find this new discovery because it brought a new shade of character to what these worms actually do so a pretty cool discovery for 2020 these Elvis Presley looking worms <laughs> and um now the question you all you guys should all especially pay attention to is how do you get your question on the podcast you just need to submit your question to us on instagram follow us at through my Smudge glasses spelled like the title all in lower case you can submit your questions ideas for podcast episodes ideas for podcast segments and literally anything helpful like even book recommendations there through our comments, instagram stories, dms, literally wherever you want. But go follow, get involved, and submit your things there. And we are back! Ending another fantastic episode of the Through My Smudge Glasses podcast. I really hope you enjoy this episode, and I really believe in learning more about people like the three people I mentioned in this episode, especially because, as you can see, they were essential for these amazing inventions to be used to a greater population. They were very important to the development into our technologies and how we use them today as well. They were key figures that we really don't know about because if they're not mentioned in the science curriculum, unfortunately um and it's important to continue learning and please do not stop here and reach out if you enjoy this episode i know i did and i plan on doing a part 2 in the future but dm me if you enjoy the episode so i can know how fast i should do a part 2 That brings us to the close of this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please follow and rate this podcast five stars in all podcast listening platforms. We are available on all of them. I emailed a lot of people, made that happen. So listen to other episodes as well. I'm sure you will enjoy them and send this podcast episode to a friend or send the entire podcast to the friend, to a friend, get them on the train as well. I'm sure they will enjoy the ride. Follow us on Instagram at through my smudge glasses spelled like the title all in lowercase for... Thank you from use more informational segments that I add throughout the week elaborating on podcast topics and to get podcast snippets all in all engage with the podcast more it makes me so happy when you guys do get involved anyways until the next episode keep on engaging thank you so much for listening I appreciate it a lot stay tuned for our next episode until then this is bye from the through my smudge glasses podcast